Welcome to the Trap Shooters United podcast. I am your host and owner, Joe Brumfield. I created this to help share, showcase, and support this amazing sport by talking to shooters, vendors, parents, and companies. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Trap Shooters United or like us on Facebook. This episode is fueled by Fioki, high-quality ammunition manufactured right in the heart of America with locations in Ozark, Missouri and Little Rock, Arkansas. I choose Fioki because it's loaded in the USA and has extremely light recoil while still crushing targets. But you may be thinking to yourself, Joe, why should I believe you? You're just a mediocre weekend shooter. And you know what? Point taken. Even though I am the Event 12 Graffin Sons Class D doubles champion, let me find someone with a lot more credibility. Hey everyone, this is Shelby Skaggs, ATA All-American, Oklahoma Trap Shooting Hall of Fame member. In our sport, being consistent is the key to success. Fioki's line of shotgun ammunition is second to none in this regard. Proven by my 772 straight in the singles competition during the 2022 Grand American, experience the Fioki difference. If you're like me, customer service is at the top of the list when it comes to buying anything. Combine that with the lowest prices and highest trade-in values, Michael Gooch with Indiana Gun Club is without question the number one choice for your next gun. With one of the largest new and used inventory selections in the country, Indiana Gun Club will have the right gun for you. If you're looking to buy your first competition gun, upgrade out of your current gun, or just simply wanting to add to your collection, Michael Gooch provides a five-star experience every step of the way. Give Michael a call at 317-502-2675 or send an email to gotgunguy43 at yahoo.com. I've personally purchased two guns from Michael, and I guarantee you're going to be treated right. Other sponsors of the podcast include AJ Supplies, Diamond 8 Leather, Herod Insurance, Shamrock Sporting Arms, and Ezox CLP and Gun Care Solution. Uh, welcome to episode 60 of the Trap Shooters United podcast. My guest today is the 2020 World Doubles Champion, 2023 World Doubles Runner-Up, 18-time Mississippi State Champion, Mississippi Mississippi State Team Member, and a AAA, 27 AAA Shooter, Zeke Yeager. Welcome to the show. How you doing today? Proud to be here. I'm doing well. How are you? I can't complain, brother. I cannot complain. Proud to be here. Go ahead and start us off a little bit, a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how old you are and, and kind of what you're doing now um, in the world of adult land. Well, right now I'm 28 years old. Um, I got started in the sport in 2003, and I went along with it ever since. Uh, right now I'm in chiropractic school over in Marietta, Georgia, and I like about six months finishing it up. Um, so that's kind of where my adult life is right now. It's kind of based on that. Don't get to shoot as much anymore. But, you know, adult, adult life kind of gets involved with it. So, you know, you don't get to do all the shooting you like to do, but. Absolutely. Now, what, what goes into chiropractic school? Did you get, did you have to get like an associate's degree and a, and a bachelor's degree in something or how does that kind of work? Um, you, you have to have a bachelor's degree in a like exercise science or something along that line. Uh, of course, mine was based more on the PT side, physical therapy. Um, 
because that's where my base minor was at as well. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I wanted to work. So where did you where did you go to college at? I went to Blue Mountain College down in Blue Mountain, Mississippi. It's about gotcha. It's about ten minutes south of a little town called uh, Ripley, right before you get to New Albany. Gotcha. And then, how long have you been in the chiropractic part? Um. Well, it hit. I, I started into chiropractic right after the 2020 World Doubles Championship, and then, of course, COVID hit, and it put us a little bit behind. So I've been in it about three and a half, four years, somewhere around in there. So we had a little time off because of COVID, and I didn't get to get started in and get along like I wanted to, you know? Yeah. So are you in your final kind of year then for this? I am. I, I like about two more terms, which is 10 weeks in a term. So about April next year, March, April, I should be done. Is there anything that you've kind of um, learned that most people wouldn't know about chiropractic? Um, well, to me, what I've learned there, I've learned a lot of the basics, of course. Um, but I've also picked up from different chiropractors that have been shooting and I'm basing it more towards the trap shooters and skeet shooters and stuff like that of what kind of, I, I would like to go to a bunch of shoots and set up my chiropractic business to start with. And, uh, you know, maybe do some adjustments there on the spot and see how shooters react to it, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I know like just me, um, I have some back issues and I'm not so much, it, it doesn't really hurt while I'm shooting. It's when I stop shooting and you kind of, kind of stiffen up right like in between like in between hundreds and and definitely like at when the day's done right like you know four or five o'clock you know, you're, you're you shot 300 targets that day that's when i start really feeling it so i think i mean i think it would i think it would be a good business model for you oh yeah well that's like i've got a good friend of mine that used to shoot with me over here uh he's over in snellville georgia he gave me a protocol on different exercises to do based off the Olympic shooters. And, you know, they have to shoot, you know, close to 2,000 a day or more, you know, for practice. I mean, they, you know, you got you to gotta be able to build up the muscle to stand there and do it, you know, because you, you know as well as I do that, you know, when you're out there shooting three to 400, that's grueling in a day over, you know, four to five days time. You know, you kind of get yeah bore down, you know. But, um, yeah, he gave me a great protocol on it and it was, man, I'm telling you what, it's a game changer. Glad to share with you, but like it. Yeah, absolutely. Send me a message after this. I might need to, I might need to get on, get on the program. Yeah. So that would be good because you could, you know, everybody wants to kind of mesh their career with a, with a hobby. And for you, I mean, if you could set up shop at shoots, you could shoot a little bit, you know, work a little bit and have a ball. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where I'd like to be at, you know, but I don't know how I'm going to be able to start it off just yet, you know, 
you know, you, you got to kind of plan ahead and all that kind of stuff and just see what the future holds. Yeah. I, I'll probably set up a practice back in my hometown. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, I'll go to a few shoots and set up. Yeah. And operate that just while just too. Just try it out. Oh yeah. Got to get, you know, you gotta get put with. Get the business expenses written off too. So. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's the big deal right there. Student loans and business. Oh wrote all absolutely <laughs> so take us back um you said you started back in 04 registering targets i'm assuming you probably hunted and stuff prior to shooting um how did you get started shooting registered and take us back because i know you you come from a family of shooters well i i mean i've been hunting ever since i can remember i think the first duck hunt i was ever on i was four years old um, you know, going around shooting them off the pond bank and then go setting up close to a slough there and shoot them when they come by, you know, and I got started into it in 03. I shot doubles in the last part of the 03 season. And, um, my actual first score out of a hundred was six. I just looked at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it it was kind of funny i asked my dad that day i said is there any way i can go out and shoot today and i mean i just got started i started off with a stevens 20 gauge with a hammer i had to put it between my legs and back the hammer you know very dangerous gun you know <laughs> but uh i wanted to shoot doubles and we went out there on the line and the wind was blowing like crazy that day it was bad enough that the target was actually coming back hitting the post and he said well you just get started with it and have you a big time he said i wouldn't have chose today to shot but you just go right ahead and i out of 100 targets i shot a shot six broke six at this point you're like seven or eight right uh yes i, I was about uh six or seven somewhere around in there yeah, i was trying to do the math here real quick in my head yeah um and one of them was a pair by the way um <laughs> <laughs> yeah just you know gotta hype it up a little bit um uh, but yeah that kind of kick-started it and it, from there on um i shot scholastic for two years and i shot aim one year when it first got started and then i just started shooting ata shoots in 2008 and just roll with it from there. Looks like oh um oh seven, oh eight is really when you kind of started putting up some some some, you know, numbers as far as registered targets goes. Do you have a club nearby you or did you guys ever shoot like any is there any games or anything? Or is that popular in Mississippi or Um, well, we had Corinth Gun Club. It actually was Hightown Gun Club, and Dad run that gun club for a while. He leased it, and it was a two-field gun club. And a man by the name of Larry Rickman took over, um, and then he built Corinth Gun Club, which is eight fields. It's actually shut down now, but uh, they uh, <clears throat> that's where I started off shooting. I actually worked the shoots lots of times. I scored and loaded uh, even before I started shooting and you know kind of got the gist of how things operated at a shoot you know so whenever i started shooting it wasn't really a you know a big change or nothing 
you know, I kind of knew how the thing went, you know? Yeah. And then you were, you mentioned to me that your, your parents did, did they, you, did they meet at a, at a, at a shoot or you, what was that story you were telling me earlier? Uh, I, um, no, I didn't actually meet at a trap shoot, but, um, of course dad had been shooting since 1980. And when him and mother got married in 88, um, she started shooting a little bit and, um, I mean, she loved it ever since she started. And I think she quit shooting 96 or seven, somewhere around in there. Of course, when I come along, you know, she more prior watching me and taking care of me than she was shooting. So, um, but she actually, she actually won a couple of world titles herself. Uh, she won 16th on the grand American handicap. Uh, and I think she won a couple of ladies trophies from the world shoot. Oh, wow. And she won four state championships in the lady category. So she, she, when she shot, she done a good job. She just, you know, didn't shoot very long. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, you, you uh, came along and ma- made her stop shooting. Yeah, basically, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's only enough room for all three of, you know, two of it to shoot. Oh, she draw the short draw. <laughs> um, but no, after that, she started actually working the shoots, which I told her she done better off. She was making money while we was blowing it. Yeah. Um, she's a smart one. Oh yeah. Yeah. She done. She, in the long run, she done a lot better than we ever done. <laughs> um, but yeah, normally she would work the shoots. Me and dad would go shoot. And, uh, of course, you know, that was kind of like our little family outing, you know, she worked, we'd shoot, you know, <laughs> but afterwards you we'd usually go on like a little small vacation somewhere like monday or tuesday if we could we'd go somewhere that she wanted to go you know do whatever yeah. we could you know a little bit of a compromise yeah i had to compromise there somewhere you know you had to you, you pick and choose your battles there <laughs> <laughs> so take us through your gun progressions you mentioned the first gun that you started shooting with take us from that to what you're shooting and your setup now um, well, I started off, like I said, with a Stevens 20 gauge with a hammer, you know, breech action, um, kick like a mule. I mean, you tasted fresh blood when you shot it. Um, <laughs> and then from there, I, of course I didn't shoot that very long. Uh, I shot 1100 for a little bit, probably about a year. And then I would say probably an 05, um, at the grand up at the old grand i shot in 2004 and five uh i was actually shooting the 3200 i'm shooting now i've just you know had okay had to revamp it a little bit you know because of growth and you know stock length you have to change it and all that kind of stuff but basically it's the same gun so so are you shooting that 3200 for singles and handicap as well um i have a three different barrels that i shoot the singles and handicap stock that I use um, is uh, a completely different setup than my doubles. I have a little bit shorter stock on my doubles gun just because I, mm-hmm. I, I can move it a lot quicker, you know? Uh, yeah. And then, of course, I have fixed chokes on all three barrels. I don't have no screw-in chokes. Um, mm-hmm. My 16-yard barrels... Uh, course more open than my handicap barrel 
Um, both of them's 32 inch and then my doubles barrel is 30 inch barrels. Um, as far as chokes, I don't know exactly what they're mic'd at, but, uh, one, I do know that my handicap barrel was mic'd at 694. It's two thousandths more open than a pool, so it'd be like a light full. Um, 16 yep. yard barrel, about a modified. Uh, of course, they've had work done to them. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. had the forcing cones run out and backboard as well. Um, and all of them, well, my handicap barrel hadn't been ported, but my singles and doubles have been ported. Um, how did you get the work done to them, or were they already done prior to you buying them? My doubles barrels was a backup gun that my dad had had, and I kind of built me one out of it, and then took parts that I had acquired and kind of built my single handicap gun. So, um, it's kind of like a piece together, but you kind of have to get it to where, you know, you can shoot it, you know? Yep. For sure. Um, so, so you have a, a a stock that you shoot singles and doubles with. Do you have a different receiver for that, or do you switch stocks when you go to shoot um, doubles? So my single, the handicap stocks, the same uh, same receiver. Doubles is yep. a different stock and receiver. I just have okay, gotcha. Receiver now. Both, all three barrels were interchanged with both receivers, but I mean, I don't, I don't change stocks and stuff like that. I just put, you know, I just got two different receivers on there. Cause I mean, that, that would be, you know, back and forth. Yeah. Can, can you imagine if you get into a shoot off for the high all around and you're taking the stock off and putting new? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, it's bad enough to carry three barrels out there. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you pull up with a, you know, three barrel, two stock set, and you're setting guns out and have to go back there and swap <laughs> bullets and swap gun barrels and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, it looks like you're putting together a, a, a Django puzzle back there. <laughs> you <know? laughs> uh, do you have them marked so you so you can quickly just like reference? Is there anything on it that you can tell quickly? Like, okay, this is obviously the 30 inch barrel is easily, but the two 32 inch barrels. Um, one of them. Like I said, my handicap barrel is not ported, and my singles barrel is ported, so I can kind of tell, I can pick okay. like just by opening That's the case, easier. which one I've got, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then doubles is shorter, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, it's got a different porting on it than my singles gun does. Um, But yeah, that's kind of just the quick reference how I can pick up on them in the gun case. Yeah. So the shorter stock for doubles... It helps you move the gun quicker. Obviously, the shorter barrel. Do you feel like you have just a little bit more control with that shorter stock for doubles? Um, yes, I, I think so. Um, I mean, when I'm talking, it's shorter. I'm talking like a quarter of an inch, maybe. Mm-hmm. So. Just that little bit. Now, like I said, I can shoot my single stock on doubles if I have to, but it's it's set up to shoot a little bit higher mm-hmm. than my double stock is because my double stock, I have it set up to shoot kind of like lower. Um, you know, if we got high targets, I just raise my gun point up. You yeah. know, I'm not having to I'm not having to move nothing on them. You know, because I 
I'd get confused on moving the rib on one. You know, when, it, yep. when you move the rib on the front and the back of the barrel, I mean, you know, I, I might as well pick up your gun and shoot it down because I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know where it's shooting at. Yeah. So, so how, but, where, what kind of point of impact are you running on doubles then? Um, my point of impact would be probably about a 60, 40. I have, honestly, I've not shot it on paper in so long. Uh, kind of scared to, afraid I might, you know, get to thinking about that. Cause I, I patterned my signals going one time. Yeah. It shoots about 80, 20. Um, and man, you're talking about mess with your mind that, that can, if you don't have a problem, I wouldn't recommend ever shooting on paper. I mean, if you're out there, you're, if you're holding good scores, you know, I mean, you know, you'll have a bad one every now and then. That's not no reason to go shoot on a paper. But, I mean, if you're shooting good scores and you're satisfied with them, don't ever go shoot on paper because that's, yeah, you'll start trying to aim then and then, you know, you're not shooting like you normally would. Yep. You, you get that, you get that visual in your head like, oh, well, I got to be under the target now or, you know, just it's, it's, it screws with you. What about handicap then? Is your handicap a little bit higher than your singles too? Um, it's roughly about the same. Um, it probably shoots 70, 30, something like that. My singles gun shoots about 70, 30. My handicap probably shoots a, a little higher in between the 70, 30, 20 ish range, somewhere around in there. Um, I mean, if you go up and you know, good targets and you touch the bottom of the target, it'll put it away. Yeah. I mean, if you just see it right above your barrel, you'll put it away. Now, and the reason why I do that, if I, I don't really like shooting a high gun, I can, but I don't like to, because if you get low targets and you have to really equate for that and Lord forbid, if they're falling, yeah. I mean, if they're falling by the time you get to it, I mean, you're having to shoot, you know, eight foot under the target to break it. Yeah. And if you're shooting a hundred and. 20% or so and the, the target's dropping it's it's like doing a geometry equation in a oh, in a split oh. second <laughs> yeah that's like shooting at a turkey shoot you know if you if you wait on a target to drop you know if you're shooting a trap gun instead of shooting you know right underneath the target like you would with a field gun you're having to get way down under to shoot it after you know five yeah. or six folks done shot at it <laughs> you know so what what is your visual like when you mount the gun? Do you have the same kind of bead set up for all three barrels, or are they all a little bit different? Um, as far as bead set up, they're basically the same. Um, I see a figure eight on single the handicap, and they're kind of like stacked more on doubles just because I dig my head. Yep. Um, but basically on doubles, and that, of course, that's going to make it shoot a little flatter, um, which I, yep. I, I come up and I'll just kind of top over the first and, you know, and then when I see it, if you see it above your barrel on my gun, the way I shoot it, um, it'll put it out of sight if you see it right above the barrel. I mean, you have to do work. Gotcha. You have to go to the target. You know, it's not going to have yep. built-in lead or nothing, but. <laughs> you know, normally the beads, I have them stacked on doubles and they're about a figure eight on single handicap. Yeah. So take us through kind of your hold mm. points and look points then 
We'll start with doubles first. Where are you holding on each individual post? So post one and post two, um, I normally hold to the outside edge of the right target on the first bird. Mm-hmm. Uh, just mostly because, and I, I hold a little bit on top of the house, whereas on singles and handicap, I hold right on top of the house like a one-eyed shooter mm-hmm. most of the time would. Um, but I'll cross that bridge in just a second. Uh, now, are you, are you, you're a two-eyed shooter then? I am a two-eyed shooter, but yeah. I shoot a one-eyed shooter's gunpoint on single handicap. And I've just yeah. learned over, you know, traveling, shooting different places, um, of course, shooting different set targets. Um, it's best to start off with that. Like if I'm shooting somewhere that's got, you know, consistently high targets, yeah, I don't care to move my gun point up a little bit, you know, but you know, a lot of places that throw, you know, an eight and a half to nine foot target. If I hold right on top of the house and come off the house and shoot it like I normally would, I'm, I'm at the right spot. I'm at the sweet spot every time on it. Mm-hmm. You know, now a place that's throwing, like I said, 10, 10 and a half foot targets, I'll probably move my gun up a little bit to equate for that. Yeah. But, uh, back to doubles, um, I normally hold a little bit of a high gun, maybe a foot off the top of the house, not so much. Um, there again, depending on the height of the targets, you know, yep. um, I like to see the, the first bird leave the house kind of picking it up out of the peripheral vision of my left eye mm-hmm. and then just kind of marry them together. So the target's coming up on the left side of your rib then? Yeah, it's going to be coming up on the left side. That's on post one and post two. Mm-hmm. Um, That way I'm just making one solid pretty much swing the whole way through, you know. Now, are you, are you, are you left or right-handed? Right-handed. Okay, just want to, just want to verify that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that would, that'd be kind of tough as a left-handed shooter. Um, <laughs> um, post three, I shoot right to left on the, post one, two, and three, I shoot right to left. Post four and five, I shoot left to right. But, uh, post three, I normally just hold at the corner of the house and I start out at the angle that the target's going and just move with it a little bit and shoot it. And a lot of folks ask me if I shoot, um, if I, uh, um, like spot shoot the first target and I, I don't, I mean, I, I don't do that. I just make a little short move to the first bird mm-hmm. and then move after my second one. You know, uh, I've learned that, you know, spot shooting does good if you shoot at the same club a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, for, and it, you know, some people it works good for, it just didn't work for me. Yeah. You just know, not consistent. Yeah. I mean, if you, to me, traveling around a lot, um, spot shooting just wasn't the way to go for me. You know, some some folks can do it. My hat's off to them because I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, spot shooting just wasn't a thing for me. So I had to kind of wait and just, just as I see it streak out of the house, I move just a little bit and shoot it. You know. Um, and then post four and five, I set up kind of like to the outside of the target on the left side. Yep. So then the, like the target will be right. So then you kind of, yeah. on one, two, and three, you're at to the outside. So you just make a little move up and just kind of meet where the target's going, pop it, 
and then you go to the to the left target, the angling target, and are you kind of do you are you like a swing through? Do you do like a little loop under? What's your kind of what's your kind of style on that second target? Um, I normally do just a slight loop under it. Um, kind of underneath the target a little bit. Yeah, normally, well, you know, and that, that all depends on the kind of target. If you're shooting high targets again, I'm gonna go straight up after it. I'm not gonna have to do the little loop. But most of the time, I just do it's a little U in between the first and just kind of drop down and see the second target above my barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that uh, the whole gunpoint setup that. <laughs> I never did really um, get the spot shooting thing down pat, so I had to I had to do that and then learn to do the little U underneath. And yeah, I mean I, I would be safe in saying it probably raised me three to four targets on average, just because you're yeah. not running up over that target. You know, if you run over that target and you're yep. shooting a high gun, well, you're going to shoot over it. You know? Yeah. And your 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 movement is all going kind of one direction, versus I know I'm personally guilty of this setting up wrong, or setting up kind of right right in line with the target, or on the wrong side of the target and moving. Like if I'm on one and two, sometimes I'll have to move right and then move back left for the second one. Versus yours, it sounds like you're just moving kind of a little bit left the entire time, yeah. making one 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 smooth move versus jerking up and over, yeah. like, like me. But I mean, my doubles average reflects that. So. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you know that that doesn't that might not work for some folks and might work for others, but I found it to be more beneficial just because you can see it leave the house. You know, yeah. I like to be able to see a target as it leaves the house. But when I, um, when I set up, I, when I say I'm to the right or left of it, it's about a width of the target, just enough that I can see. I mean, you could basically with my gun point, you could almost come straight up at the target, you know, Mm -hmm. but you're, but if you're like, like a one-eyed shooter, like I'm a, in theory, a a one-eyed shooter because I tape, I tape an eye. So I can't see through my barrel. So if 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 I line up straight, I'm getting surprised when it kind of pops up above my barrel. So that's why it would be. And I I, I did start start doing this at the grand actually. I I moved my whole point over to where I could see the the yep. bird come up, and, and I I broke a 95, which is my highest score. And I was like, well, I mean, this is working, you know. Yeah. That's basically what I do. I don't move, you know, drastically. Um, when I say I move over to the right or left, you know, we're talking six to eight inches. You know, just enough that you can see the target leave the house, but you're not getting so much away from the target that you're having to do some kind of a wild move to get to it. You know, because you're wanting, you're wanting to be able to shoot the first target to where your second target's almost like shooting a 16-yard target. Yep. You know. Absolutely. Oh. So what about what about singles? Where are you where are you holding on singles? Are you are you on the house or a little bit higher? Uh, basically starting off, I hold right on top of the house, like at the back edge of the house is where the top of my beat's gonna be setting. Okay, so the, the back edge, the, the the back of the house, then right, 
No, out on the or front edge of the house. On the front front edge. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, just enough that my I can still see the bead, but like I'm looking above it and I can see the target just as it tops over the house. Yep. And normally I hold on the post one and post five station. I'll actually hold a little bit below the edge of the house. Mm-hmm. Like at the very corner, I'll hold about six inches lower. Yep. Um, and that's the way you can see it move. Yeah, I can see a left or right move, and I'll know then whether or not, like, you know, every now and then you'll have a machine that'll throw an illegal target. You know, it'll throw it, you yeah. know, way to the right or something weird, you know? Um, I mostly set up like that because I can notice if it throws an illegal target. Because if it throws it under my gun barrel, I know it's illegal. Like, it's going to be throwing it way out of bounds. Yep. You know? Is there anything you change than going to handicap? Are you still holding about the same, or do you drop it down a little bit more? Um, I actually drop it down a little bit more. Um, just because lots of times your handicap targets by the time you see it and get to it it's farther out of the house of course than a 16 yard target will be mm-hmm. you know and um i drop down just a little bit more that way i don't run over it as bad because if i hold right on top of the house i'll want to shoot over it like i'll start after them um, shoot over it. and there again um you know depending on the height of the target all depends on where i hold my gun point Let's go into the 2020 doubles championship. Um, what do you recall from that grand? That was the COVID grand, right? It was the COVID grand. Um, well, I remember the start of the day was so dadgum foggy that you could see the fog in between the shooters. If you've ever shot at land Creek, you know, they got fog really bad there. Um, I walk down to the practice trap and I normally of a morning, I like to shoot, uh, I like to shoot, you know, just a few targets kind of get, you know, warmed up, loosened up, you know, maybe shoot, you know, 10 pair or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I walk down there and I don't even know that I hit half of them. Oh, wow. I was like, man, this is going to be one of them crappy days. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I got down there and we started off there and, uh, I run the first 50. I was like, well, that, that was surprising right there. Cause I, I, as foggy as it was, I didn't think I'd get past the first station without at least a, you know, just a six or something out of 10. <laughs> and, uh, I ended up breaking a hundred, which that was really surprising. Um, <laughs> so did you shoot, did you shoot early then in the day? I was about the, I'd say probably fourth flight. Okay. You know, they shot 52. And, uh, I mean, it was, it was kind of early. I mean, it wasn't, you know, the last, they wasn't the last flight by no means, but it was fairly early. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, I broke a hundred and, uh, I went up to the school board and I, I went to go get some lunch and, uh, I got looking and there was only two 100s on there at the time. I was like, well, there'll be a lot more hundreds coming in. Yeah. And, uh, at the end of it all, there was only eight. Oh, wow. 
I was like, oh my goodness. I said, well, it, you know, at least I can walk away with something today. I ain't, you know, I went home empty handed at least. And, uh, we got out to the shoot off and uh, a couple of friends of mine was in it. Uh, Noah Goods, Isaac Sharp, uh, Joe Charningo. And, uh, of course, I, you know, I, I felt like the black sheep of the family out there, you know, like, what, what in the world am I doing out here? <laughs> but all these great shooters, and here I am, you know, standing here trying to do something. And, uh, you know, you shoot 40. Yep. And uh, I come back, and I was the only one on the squad that broke the first 40. And uh, I went back there and sat down. And the other four was on the next field beside us, and I seen a lot of them uh, getting up and leaving that I knew was in the shoot-off. I'm yeah. like, have I wanted after 40? And then I seen Pat Hobson sit down, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. I, I tied one of the best shooters out there, and uh, we ended up going, I think, another 120. Oh, wow. I want, I want another 120. Just you two then. And uh, Yeah, it was just us two. After 40, it was down to me and him. Wow. And, yeah, it was... Uh, it was pretty wild. Um, and he missed about halfway through and, uh, you know, through the whole entire shoot off, I wasn't nervous or nothing, uh, till he missed. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh man, you talking about hard to load the gun. Yeah. I mean, in, in your head, you're just like, I just got to finish. I just got to finish the round. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to block it out. You know, don't think about a miss. Just, you know. Think about the next pair and break them. You know, don't change nothing. And uh, it was a it was pretty sad to, get to see the last pair go out of sight. I ain't I don't care to tell you. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was breathing a sigh of relief. Yeah. You know? So um, then um, you you got the big shiny ring. Yeah. Did, did you pick a? Did you pick? How did you design your ring? Um, I just went with the standard ring, got my birthstone put in it. Um, of course I don't wear a lot of rings or nothing. I wear a necklace, but that's about it. Uh, and a watch, but I don't, I don't wear rings a whole lot. Like special occasions, I'll wear it. Um, but normally I don't wear rings to, you know, for everyday occurrence. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, so walk us through then the 2023 grand you obviously ran the hundred there um i'm assuming it was a lot easier to see the targets that day oh oh most definitely most definitely that was a lot better targets oh we uh i was shooting with some friends of mine and uh i ended up breaking hundred the the first field was kind of like up and down targets and the second field was really good, but I I managed to get through it, and I got to the shoot off, and I seen how many folks was in it. I'm like, man, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to hang tough here if anything gonna happen for me. It was twenty and twenty something, I think, right? I, I think it was twenty five or six, yeah. something like that. Um, it was uh, I got looking at all the names. I'm like, man, this this could go a while. And, uh, of course you don't, you don't think about, you know, the, how far you'll get along. You're just trying to see how long you can stay in it. At least that's the way it is. Hey, yep. 
you know, I'm, I'm not thinking about winning. I'm just trying to say how long I can hang with the big boys, you know? Oh uh, yeah. But it finally, it went back and forth for a while. I felt like we changed fields about four times. Oh, uh, <laughs> and, uh, it got down to me and Matt finally. And, uh, I, uh, when I missed the first and I, I didn't know if I hit it or not, because at night it's kind of hard to tell, you know, mm-hmm. what's there and what's not, you know? And I turned around and listened to call and I had missed it. I was like, well, all right, you've missed. It's all right. Just hang tough. You know, maybe that'll put the pressure on him. And, uh, yep. I got to my last post and missed, uh, I got to my last post and missed the second target on the next to the last pair. And I just kind of relaxed then. I'm like, well, he's not going to Dutch nothing on the last pair. He, he's going to yeah. make sure he hits the first bird anyway. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I, I feel blessed that I was able to make it that far. I, I felt blessed that I was just able to make it up there this year, you know? A lot of a lot of the friends and stuff that I started off shooting with, they're not even in the sport no more. So, yeah. um, and I've just stuck with I, I I love it, you know, and that's what I love to do. You know, and you guys went, you guys went. What he had to go two hundred to to beat you, right? Yes, sir, he did. We went to two hundred in, in the shoot off. Yep. Oh, uh, that's so, a that's a yeah, and pretty long shoot off. I think he had been. Uh, six or seven hundred straight at that point. I mean, you know, it's hard to compare. Oh yeah, you know. <laughs> I well, what didn't he? Um, was it nine ninety eight out of a thousand or something on the year? I I think it, it was nine ninety eight out of th- or nine ninety nine out of a thousand, something like that. I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Ridiculous. I talked, but I thought I thought it was kind of fitting though that you won in twenty twenty. And then he wins 21, 22, 23, and then it comes, or 21, or you won in 2020, he wins in 21, 22, and then in 23, it came down to you and him. Yeah. Like, you know, just from, it's just like, it's, it, it was fitting that it came down to you two. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of, I was thinking that too. And, uh, I, I told him, I said, you know, uh, afterwards I, I talked to him and uh i talked to foster a couple of times after that as well and uh you know i i was telling them you know if you don't win a championship or don't win an event or whatever you like for your friends to win it you know and that's the way i felt by it so there wasn't no hardship and i i, I felt like that uh i got farther than i should have really you know because i don't i don't shoot a lot of practice i don't get to shoot very many tournaments anymore uh, just shooting a few weekends here and there at a state shoot or something. That's about it. So, I mean, I felt blessed that I was able to be in the shoot all, you know, and, you know, last that long, you know, I, I didn't figure I'd last that long, get it anyway, but you know, you just, you got to hang with it and see how long you can stay with them. Yeah. That was, that was actually going to be one of my questions was, cause you don't, you don't register a, a ton of targets. I mean, you you shot about 5,000 targets total last year and some people shoot 5,000 singles targets in a year, you know? Oh yeah. So that was going to be my question. How do you kind of maintain, I mean, obviously you have, you have natural ability, but it still takes some sort of 
um, repetition just to kind of keep that muscle memory and to stay sharp, I guess. Well, for me, one of the main things that helps is that I do clinics lots of times and my dad does clinics too. Um, and that kind of, you know, going over the basics, keeping the basics rolling around in your mind, you know, it keeps you kind of like sharpened, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, it keeps your skills kind of honed on mental capabilities. And all you've got to do then is go back out there and kind of get the muscle memory back down, you know. Uh, that's kind of my practice is going out and doing clinics with people. Um, that That's probably helped more than anything for me. Because, uh, like I said, I don't get to practice much. And I, I'll shoot with, um, if I'm doing a clinic with someone, sometimes I'll shoot with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll kind of try to get their time and nail down. Um, you know, try to get their first bird nailed down to whether they can, you know, hit it where they want to, you know, um, where their second bird, like shooting a 16 yard target, um, kind of build their confidence up. Um, but yeah, that's basically, um, what helps me in my off time is doing cleaning mm-hmm. and discussing with folks, you know, we'll kind of draw it out on a board. Um, you know, where they need to shoot, like stance, you know, the whole nine yards and, uh, go from there. But that's what, that's what keeps my skills honed. I guess you would say, yeah. uh, just yeah, that makes sense. getting the muscle memory down. Yep. Um, do you have a favorite place to shoot? Um, I not really, um, I mean, I have a host of places I love to shoot. I mean, you know, I teach out here at South River Gun Club now, and that, I I enjoy shooting out there. Um, I got a lot of good friends out there that I shoot with. Um, and I like shooting at, uh, uh, I used to like shooting at my home uh, place there. Uh, but, you know, it's shut down now. Um Montgomery, I love to go down there and see all my friends, uh, shooting down there. Nashville is good. Uh, Berea, Kentucky, I love to shoot up there. Um, Sparta, of course, you know, uh, Arkansas, a great place, great people. Uh, if you ever do get a chance to go shoot it, I'd recommend it. You know, any of the state shoots I've mentioned, very good place to shoot. Uh, highly recommended. Um, but I don't basically have one place that I like to shoot to another. Um, it's more of the quality of folks mm-hmm. that I look at. You know, I, I don't I don't worry so much about score. You know, if I go and I have a good time, most of the time the score will be there. You yep. know, but if you're my thing is if if I've got a good mindset, like I'm going up there to have fun, you know, I'm not making this into work, I tend to shoot yep. back. You know, yeah, you're not putting no, too much pressure on yourself. Yeah. yeah, we got we got to remember this is it's a hobby, not a. It's not like we're going out here and making a making a living out of it. Yeah, I I hate to see some of the younger kids come along that shoot and they they put so much pressure on themselves, man. I mean, good lord, you, you they make it like it's a life or death situation that you lost an event here, you know, or a shoot off or whatever. Or you shot bad. We all shoot bad. I mean, I, I first score on doubles was six. All right, I you, 
Would you want to talk to about talk to someone about being low on the totem pole? Come talk. <laughs> That's about as low as you can start on. You know, and I think my lowest score in doubles was a forty-seven. So I, I, I'm just I, I got you beating something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there it is. You know, I mean, you know, I, when we talk low scores, I think I've got everybody beat on lowest score. You know, <laughs> but you know, it, like I said, I hate to see people putting pressure on it it's not just kids it's it's older adults too there's some of them out there you know you know they might be trying for all-american team or you know state team or whatever you know you put so much pressure on yourself you forget that this is a sport and you know they're gonna have another one some somewhere next weekend you know don't yep. let it you know you know no, if you absolutely have a bad day, have a bad day and have fun with it you know you know uh, how how's the uh, Mississippi State shoot? Uh, how's the typical turnout for you guys? Um, where's it held? All that stuff. Um, well, it's actually held in Jackson. It's going to be in Jackson this year. Um, it's, so been it's kind of, of a rotating type thing. Yeah, it's kind of rotating between here and the Gulf Coast, and and both places host a really good shoot. Um, I mean, I have no complaints. I've shot good scores and great folks at both places. Um. I mean, if you ever do get a chance, either place is a good place shooting good folks. So, I mean, it's a highly recommended place. Um, we usually yep. have a turnout of about between 100 to 125 folks. It's not a, you know, it's not a big shoot, you know, but it's, it, you know, it's good folks. And, that, yeah. you know, sometimes it's better to go and enjoy a smaller shoot. You tend to have more fun in my yep. book, you know. Because that, you get to talk you know, to more people, you yeah, know, see everybody. I, yeah, I mean, you get yeah. to kindly get one on one with people here and there, you know. And I, I have a lot of friends that show up there, and you know, we can all go out and eat, you know, and have a big time, you know. Might you know go play putt putt or you know <laughs> go to Top Golf or something, you know. Yeah, go have a big time somewhere, you know. Whereas it's a bigger shoot, you know, you might have to stay late and shoot or you know something yeah but oh absolutely i mean i i have to say i i enjoy my state shoot and the surrounding shoots that i mentioned as well um but yeah they're they all host a great shoot so which which state shoot has the best food oh that is a toss-up brother oh um, did you go to kentucky last I did. year they had good food there they do um you can get food at the cafeteria um it's good they have vendors outside that had uh i, I think one of them had barbecue uh, and then they've got a um i want to say it's like a little snow cone dispenser there and it's really good um of course they got a bucky down the road and i mean you got to get a sliced barbecue sandwich or a sliced brisket sandwich <laughs> Um, you know, and then of course at, at night, they got plenty of places to eat around there. So I, I would say Berea would be in the top, top ish line for food. Um, at South Carolina this year, they had fish at Saturday night. So, I mean, that was pretty hard to beat. Yeah. Uh, whenever we have the state shoot at Biloxi, uh, they usually serve breakfast and lunch to the shooters mm -hmm. and they'll serve like seafood. Like one day they okay. had grouper, the next day they had red snapper. Um, so yeah, it's 
I mean, anytime you get to go to the coast shoot, it's it's awesome. And they're uh, they have the fall classic too. That is an awesome shoot to go to. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna start gauging my uh, state shoots on what kind of food they got there. Uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. I just kind of <laughs> go for the food and the fellowship. You know, targets are all great and good, but you know, let's 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 get let's get down pat what the food is and who the people are that's going to be there. You know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's so, right. In the state of Mississippi, you are currently sitting at 18 state championships, and I'm not counting your categories. If if we're counting categories, I think you could add about five more in between sub-junior and, and junior gold and whatnot. Your dad, on the other hand, has filled up the the, the record book there. I counted over 70 state championships so i mean you're young you're, is there any chance you're gonna catch him um honestly i <laughs> i don't know i mean that's that's a long road you know and that's a lot of good shooters come from the state of mississippi so i mean you know it, you gotta bring your a game you know i mean i i don't know that i'll catch him i mean the lord only knows <laughs> um, <laughs> I hope I do. I mean, I, I think you've won the. You, I think I counted. You've won the doubles the last six years in a row. Yes, sir. That was that. that except for except it, for this year. That was yeah. This year I lost it. Um, I uh, <laughs> I, I'm the only. Per- I think you finished runner up this yes, year. Yes, sir. I did. I I got in the shoot off for it. Lost it in the shoot off. Missed first target out. So you know that usually takes care. Now that takes care of the shoot off usually. <laughs> um, no, I uh. That was the first time in the state history, I believe, that the doubles had ever been won in six consecutive years. Um, Dad, in five years, he won it four times. So I don't think he ever did win it five years in a row. But, I mean, he still got me beat on all the championships, you know. I mean, yeah. it's. I think it's it's still cool. I think it's still cool that, that you have... I mean, you won the handicap once, so you had you've won the high all around overall singles handicap and doubles all at least once, uh, all the others multiple times. Um, I think that's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool stat to have too. Oh yeah. Well, my problem is now is I don't get to shoot all of my state shoot. I have to go shoot the weekends of it, mm-hmm. and you know, of course, that knocks me out of high overall right there. So, um. But yeah, I I have to say I've been very well blessed at one what I won, and as far as catching my dad, I <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, he still he still shoots a state shoot, and you have to, you know, you have to watch him. You know, he can still throw a good score in there. You know, <laughs> you know that was like a couple. Of, I think it was, uh, it was a year of COVID. It was right after the twenty twenty grand. We didn't have our state shoot that year till after the grand. And, uh, he come up, won the handicap just out of the clear blue. Hadn't shot it. He see, he doesn't shoot no targets in between one year to the other. He shoots a state shoot. That's it. So I'm standing over there. He's he just, he just going to, to pad his stats on the titles. Yeah, that's, that's basically it. And he tied the singles with me, me and him tied the singles and we flipped for it. And I, I won the flip. I told him, I said, I wasn't about to try to go shoot off with him. He is already running on good luck. <laughs> so I wasn't about to try that. 
and um he won the handicap <laughs> um it was funny because uh we you know we're we're real competitive with each other you know more so than i am with anybody else you know i'm telling him when we're going to the shoot we're sitting in the car talking about how we're going to beat each other and of course we don't do that <laughs> else but we're we're psyching each other up you know and it's yeah. all good fun you know we're not meaning it in a mean way or nothing but it's just kindly to put the grit and the crawl of each other so we'll you know both go out there and try you know yeah for you though be you know as as a younger shooter starting out i'm sure that was a that was a goal in your mind like you know i'm going out here i'm gonna beat my dad oh most yeah. definitely most definitely that was that was the main thing. I would always go and check the scoreboard just as soon as I shot. You know, if I shot a halfway decent score, I was going to go look at the scoreboard. I didn't even look at nobody else. I wasn't looking at category or nothing else. I was looking at, um, you know, whatever dad shot, you know? Yeah. And at the time, you know, if I if I beat dad, I probably won something, you know? Yeah. Cause yeah, hey, Absolutely. I, I mean, he carried the AAA, 27 AAA average for quite a while. And, uh, you know, whenever we go to places like Tennessee or Arkansas or stuff like that, you know, I was, I was striving to beat him mm -hmm. big time and, you know, doubles, um, it, there for a long time, I, that's where I wanted to beat him at, you know, cause singles, I, I might beat him occasionally. Um, very rarely handicap. It was kind of give and take, but I wanted to, I wanted to beat him on double big time. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the first hundred I ever broke was in Arkansas. And, uh, I was shooting with two young gals that was shooting two good 1100s. They was eating me up with holes. <laughs> I was throwing targets right and left on the speaker. And, uh, um, we had some wet targets in the machine and it would break in about every third to fourth pair. Oh, wow. And I didn't even realize I was still straight till about 85. And I got thinking about it. I was like, man, I'm, I'm still straight. I need to kind of hang tough here. Yeah. It got down to my last pair and I forgot how many broken pair it throwed me. I think it was like 10 or 11 broken pair. Oh my goodness. Oh man. You're talking about nervous. I mean, I was, I was nervous as a cat in a room full of rockers <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I come up and finally I st I called for a pair and I brought, I started to bring my gun back down and it throwed a clean pair and I come up and just razor bladed both of them. Oh my. So you went ahead, you couldn't stop yourself. Yeah. I was like, man, I just need to go ahead and shoot them. Cause I might not get another pair, which was stupid on my part. <laughs> You know, I was like, we could have changed targets, you know, but you know, young and experienced didn't know about all that. And, uh, like there again, that was nice to see that pair go out of sight. Yeah. And, uh, my dad had broken 99 on doubles that day. So, I mean, I walked around chest stuck <laughs> out the whole day, <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, uh, that, that's kind of where my drive got started was, you know, want to beat him, you know? Yeah. Oh, uh, do you know how many hundreds you have in doubles? Oh, uh, no, I, I have no earthly idea. If you had, if you had to guess, 
Oh, I mean, over over 25? I, I Yeah, I'd be safe in saying that. Yeah. Probably over 25, I would guess. I Like I said, I, I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. And not meaning that in a bragging way or nothing, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I kept up with it. Um, you know, I'll shoot a good one every now and then. And then, you know, you just kind of try to avoid them bad days as much. Yeah. You, know? you get a good, good piece of humble pie there. Bring, yeah, bring you back yeah. down. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can get it and it can happen at the most inopportune time. <laughs> I was shooting with my, of course, my friends I was telling you about that I was shooting with the South River. Uh, a couple of months ago, we were shooting just a local club shoot out there, and I come up and missed a pair, and they stopped the squad and looked at me like something had went wrong. You know, I was like, <laughs> guys, you, it happens, you know. <laughs> and, you know, they're all, you know, in our group, we're pretty hard on each other. They was asking to hear the score again and call it louder <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. So, you know. <laughs> You have to, you have to, if you mess up around our group, you know, you, you got to be able to take the thrashing, you know, there you go. You got to have pretty tough skin. Hey, did we just, they just want to verify that the score is correct. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They just want to verify that the score was correct. And you know, it's bad. It's bad when the scorekeeper's laughing at you, you know, you're not having a good day. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I've, I've been there before. Oh yeah, I've been there multiple, multiple times. And what, what's the what's the saying? Uh, you, if if you think you've shot your lowest score, you haven't shot long enough, or something. There, yeah, there's a, there's a saying out there. Yeah, um, and then I always tell them about the six. And I was yeah. like, well, I'm pretty sure I've shot about it close to my oh, lowest score. Man, I'd hope so. <laughs> yeah, I like. Well, I, I I just tell them I said I might not have shot my lowest score yet, but I hope so because that was pretty low. <laughs> you know. Now, do you have a favorite shooting memory of all time? Um, probably the grand of twenty twenty was. I mean, by the good because I, I used to be back in the. When I first got started shooting, the Grand American Handicap was what everybody wanted to win. You know, it was the top one, you know. I mean, single doubles all around how raw was there too, but everybody wanted to win the Grand American Handicap. And uh, from day one, I wanted to win the World Double Championship. That was my dream. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, uh, you know, and I never think, I never thought that it would happen. Um, I always thought I might get to the shoot off, but I never did think that I'd win it, you know? Um, because like I said, I don't, I don't practice as much and I don't shoot as much as some of the other guys do, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm what they call a weekend warrior, yep. you know? Um, but I would have to say that and, uh, a lot of the, Honestly, a lot of the shooting memories that uh, was some of my more enjoyable was uh, watching my dad shoot off. Mm -hmm. I mean that that to me was some of my favorite memories, and and I've got some VCR tapes of my mother in a shoot off to world shoot, and that's some of my best memories. Um, and then of course watching my friends and shoot offs and stuff like that. So I don't really necessarily have one specific moment 
Uh, if I had to pick one personally for myself, it would probably be the World Doubles Championship in 2020. Yeah. Uh, but as far as all-around best memory, I don't... I mean, anything that involved my friends winning, you know, mother or my dad shooting, either one. Uh, so I don't necessarily have one. I mean, I've, every one of them's great memories, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, trap shooting to me is kind of like a getaway, and that's kind of like a, everyone that you go to is a good memory most of the time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Now, you, you say you're a weekend warrior, but I, I have this stat that I that I calculated up um, today. In 2023, with only 5,000 targets, you had a combined average of 96.6. That's pretty stout. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, they say a blind hog finds an acorn every now and then. <laughs> Um, normally I I shot handicap better than I normally do this year. Usually I'm about a 91 on handicap average. Yep. Uh, but this year was one of my better years on handicap. Um, of course the singles was up there. I, you know, shot some decent scores there and doubles was good. Um, but handicaps kind of like where I'm, you know, might be good here one time and, you know land of the 80s the next weekend yeah you know oh no, absolutely this year this year it, it was it was very good handicap so i'm you know anytime you're shooting good handicap you got nothing to complain about there no you know no 93 good singles and good doubles man if you're shooting good handicap let it roll don't worry yeah. about the rest there's <laughs> usually there's usually like one like oddball like okay you're shooting good singles and handicap but the doubles are a struggle or the singles and doubles are good but the handicaps a struggle um but 93 93 two average on the handicap i mean that's i i, I always say anything with a nine in front of handicap that's a good average amen brother I, I, <laughs> at every time um yeah uh the handicap like i said this year was really great for me normally it's about a 90 to a 91 um you know, depending on where you go and shoot, <laughs> you yeah. know, you can weather dictates. Yeah. yeah. Weather dictates. I mean, this year we had, you know, basically good weather all the way around at every shoot I went to. So that was, that played a big factor in it, you know, because singles and doubles, you can kind of get by with a little bit of bad weather and it not, you know, affect too much, uh, might be a target or two, but handicap you're, you're at the mercy then, you know, you can have a little puff of wind come through and you can be shooting five, five, five and, you know, have a one on the station, you know? Yep. So, I mean, luckily this year we didn't have a whole lot of bad weather or any kind of factors that there are. Yeah. Now, do you, like when you, when you go into a shooting season now, is there any goals in your mind? Like I want to accomplish, you know, this you know, this year, what, what's kind of your thought process or is it just, Hey, I hope I can make some shoots and it just have some fun. Uh, basically that's it. I just hope I can make some shoots and, you know, I, I tell everybody, they ask me, you know, I'll have people ask me, Hey, are you going to South Carolina or Hey, are you 
coming to Georgia or are you going to Tennessee? And it's like, well, I don't know. You know, I'm kind of playing by ear, you know, and just seeing what I can do. You know, I don't, yep. uh, like I said, I only shoot weekends pretty much now. Um, but most of the time it's just kind of, a, you know, Monday I'm on, you know, I'm thinking about Monday or Tuesday, whether or not I'm going to shoot on that weekend, you yeah. know, that's when it starts occurring to me. Hey, I might order go up there and shoot, you know, yeah. kind of get See, some practice. That's how I am today. Today's Wednesday. We're, we're recording this on a Wednesday and today I'm like, okay, where am I going to shoot at this weekend? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're basically thinking throughout the week, you know, where am I going to shoot at this weekend? You know, like this weekend, uh, I'm going to shoot in a small tournament down in Montgomery, uh, called the rebel yell. Um, uh, most, I'm probably going to end up working it more than shooting it, but, yeah. uh, you know, and that's one of them places that I have fun at, you know, around good people. Um, so you, you, you always want to try to be at the shoots that you enjoy. I always think that you shoot a lot better when you're at the shoots that you enjoy. Oh yeah, you know? for sure. You know, um, yeah. now do you have any particular ammo preferences from like on, on doubles? Are you shooting the same shell for both shots or do you mix it up? Um, I mix it up a little bit. Um, it, if I've got my preference, I like a light nine two and three quarter dram nine on the first shot. And I like a three dram eight on the second shot. Mm -hmm. Um, I like double A's, uh, you know, when you can find them, uh, <laughs> at a reasonable but, price. <laughs> yeah. When you can find them and at a reasonable price, <laughs> you know, um, 16s, I usually shoot three drum eights or seven and a halves. Um, I typically, depending, you know, if it's a little bit more windy, I might throw seven and a half in there, but most of the time I shoot three drum eights. Mm -hmm. And then on handicap, I like the super handicap seven and a half double A. Yeah. Um, that's kind of my preference, you know, the high quality shells, you know. Yep. I, I, th I think that's, it might not be as important in, in singles, but I think in a handicap, I think a premium shell in a handicap is, is almost mandatory at this point. Oh, oh, definitely. I mean, I've shot some of the, like the full box deals that they have mm -hmm. at Walmart from back there. And I can shoot decent with them, but I don't have that driving force every shot yeah. to break the target, you know? I mean, it's almost like you run out of shell. Yeah. It's what it feels like. Hey, and I, you know, I've seen some folks, I've got a good friend of mine that shoots out of Pontotoc, Mississippi, that um, he shoots the uh, 980 velocity, seven and a half, mm -hmm. double A. And I mean, now he's drawing smoke every time he shoots, you know. He's shooting that in handicap so or just... He's shooting that in handicap from the 27. <laughs> nine, and I mean. Nine eighties. My hat's off to him. Yeah, nine eighty. And my hat's off to him because uh, I stepped to the 16 yard line and couldn't hit him very well with it. <laughs> he, you know, he's leading those hard lefts and rights about the length of a school bus. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. He's shooting it low high on skeet to break a hard ride. You know, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, I. I I, to me, I couldn't hit nothing with them. I found that that super handicapped seven and a half double A just, yeah, it, it's hard to beat. Yeah. You know, 
it's consistently good. I've shot nitros. Um, I like them. They're not a they're not a bad shell, but you know that's it's a preference thing. Oh yeah, I mean, and, and as you know, I mean, if if you're if there's any doubt in your head mentally, especially in handicap, it's like you're you're gonna miss you're gonna miss more targets. You know. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, if you if you don't have confidence in the shell that you're shooting, I mean, you're you're basically wasting ammunition, man. Yeah. Now, do you have any superstitions while shooting? Like, you know, like Pat, Pat Hobson, he has to take out the number, the, a certain shell each time. Like when he puts it in his gun, it has to be faced in a certain way. Um, that sort of stuff. Do you have anything like that? Um, not really a, what I would call a superstition. Um, the only thing that I do anywhere like that would be like on post five and one lots of times I'll kind of make a little bit of a move to the right or left mm-hmm. just to check, make sure that my foot placement's good. That way I can move, you know? Yep. Um, but as far as superstition, no, I don't reckon I have any of them. I mean, I just stick the gun, uh, stick the shell of the gun and, you know, let it fly. Close it up. <laughs> yeah. I hope it, I hope it, Hope it's in the right direction, you know. <laughs> hope it, just hope it hits the target. Um, yeah. what would be your best advice for a new shooter? Um, best advice for a new shooter, I would say, is get a gun, a good gun that fits. Um, I see a lot of young kids coming in the sport that shoots a gun that's usually too long for them, and shoot an ill-fit gun can. Mm-hmm you know, be detrimental to you. You know, you can't, you can't move it right. You know, it doesn't shoot where you're looking. Um, but that would be my, that would be my two cents worth on that. And I'm not saying you got to go buy a hundred thousand dollar gun. You know, you can, you can spend fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars on a good gun and, you know, get it to fit, you know, I mean. Oh yeah. I mean, I think you're a good case in point. You know, Remington 3200 isn't going to break no, the bank. No, I mean, you can pick one. But you can shoot the tar oh, yeah. out of it. I mean, you can pick one of them up for usually $1,500. Um, You know, that's like uh, Matt Bartholo, he shoots a Browning XT. I mean, yep. you know, case in point right there on him, you know, it, it's not the bow and arrow, it's the Indian, you know. Yeah. I mean. No, absolutely. Buy, buy a good gun and get it fit to you. You know where you, where it shoots where you're looking. Yep. You know, um, I, I, I wonder if the value of Remington 3200s went up after the after the year you won the the doubles championship. Do you think the do you think the used market kind of ticked up a little bit? Um, I felt like it did because uh, COVID hit during that time, and also me winning kind of helped the price of them. And I started seeing a lot more of them around, so that <laughs> you know that kind of that kind of wore my heart a little bit. At least I, you know, if I have gun problems, I got somebody there that's shooting a thirty yeah. hundred that I might could borrow. You know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, um, but to me, they're you know they were the gun. They're what they call a poor man's Craig off. Mm-hmm. Um, see, Craig off bought the patent and started making the Craig off thirty two, and yep. then went to the case. 
after that. Um, but the uh, the trigger setup in a 3200 is still one of the fastest lock times on the market today. You know, well if if most, you if you Google um, like best best gun to shoot doubles with, the 3200 is there. And the MX-8, those are like the top two guns for for doubles. If you if you search anywhere, yep. Uh, to me, um, the trigger in them is one of the key items of them because they got such a fast trigger, and they don't have a long let off. Mm-hmm. If you know what you know what I mean yep. on that, you don't have to let off the trigger so much, and it keeps you from trapping the trigger. You can actually shoot a little bit faster with mm-hmm. it. You know, um, and it's less time to mess up in my case, you know, <laughs> it, you ain't got as much time to flinch or punch a gun at it or whatever, you know, uh, but yeah, I, you know, everybody asked me if I had a, you know, if I had a chance to go buy another gun and, you know, shoot with it, what would it be? I said, well, you know, honestly, I'd probably just stay with the 3200. Just add a fourth you know? barrel. It looked- you know, at least on doubles, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. that, I, they, it, it, to me, it fits me. And I, you know, it, it's kind of like a Parazzi. Every one you pick up just about feels really good to shoot. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like an MX-8. I actually, uh, one of my buddies that I shoot with over here from South River, we'll, every now and then we'll go shoot sporting clays down at uh, Cherokee Rose Gun Club. And uh, they have police there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm shooting my skeet. Uh, 3200 which got really wide open chokes and that's not what you want for a lead <laughs> um i borrowed his mx8 and i mean it it shoots just like my 3200 you know i mean it's got a fast trigger in it you know and it's it's just a sweet shooting gun both them guns are really good to start off shooting doubles in and you don't you don't have to upgrade if you don't want to because yeah. they'll last you a long yeah just get it you if know? it doesn't fit you get a stock put on it and there you go yeah, that's it. That's it in a nutshell. Uh, last question here for you, then I'll let you let you get on with the rest of your evening. Uh, go ahead and give a shout out or thanks to anyone that you would like to. Uh, man, I just have to give. Uh, there's so many folks that I could give a shout out to, and I, you know, I'd have to. I we'd be here till probably tomorrow sometime naming them all. Um, all the friends that I shoot with, of course, my mother and dad. They they helped me along. Um, you know. All the friends that I shoot with that's close by me, you know who you are. You know, I don't even have to give names. You- oh, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you, Zeke, for joining us today, and uh, best of luck for this target year. Before we close it out for the week, I want to thank my sponsors for supporting me here, Fioki Ammunition. Do yourself a favor and try some shooting dynamics or white rhinos. Some of the best shooters in the game today shoot Fioki. Everybody's favorite gun dealer, Michael Gooch with the Indiana Gun Club. Stop in and check out his inventory at a shoot. Michael travels all over the Midwest and East Coast while providing top-notch service. AJ Supplies, they've been with us since day one. Be sure to reach out to AJ Supplies for all your reloading needs by calling 419-583-7133. Diamond 8 Leather. Randall creates quality leather gear for shooting enthusiasts. Visit d8leather.com for samples of his craftsmanship. Chet Herod with Herod Insurance. They've been servicing Ohio for three generations. Chet can be reached at 419-303-2218 
or visit HaredInsurance.com. Shamrock Sporting Arms. Jonathan travels all over the Northeast providing shooters with Pila glasses, Craigoff accessories, and ammunition. Visit ShamrockSportingArms.com for more info. Ezoc CLP and Gun Care Solution providing the best cleaning, dry lubrication, long-lasting corrosion protection, and leaves your shotgun looking brand new. Visit Ezox.com for more info. Last but certainly not least, visit TrapShootersUnited.com. Orders here help support the show. I have Pila and Ranger shooting glasses, Trap Shooters United shirts, hats, visors. Go ahead and get your swag on for the next shoot. I also have a shooting journal that can be purchased on Amazon. This is a low-cost but extremely beneficial tool that's great for all competitive shooters, regardless of discipline. Keep notes from each shoot ranging from a practice session to the world championships. That's a wrap on this episode of the Trap Shooters United podcast. Thank you all for listening. Your support is greatly appreciated. See you all out on the trap line.